Good morning. All right, you're here. It's good. It's good. Um, Again, as Lauren said, my name is Matt. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here. It is great to be with you. Uh, one of the reasons, a side reason for why we're not doing the little things under the chairs, with the exception, with, in addition to the fact that, you know, they're all over the place, is that my grandsons love to come and have themselves a little little communion after communion, you know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a church thing, you know, it's little kids, pastors, grandkids, kids, it's just how it works. So um, also just, you know, they're back there. Well, we have been in a series uh, for the better part of a year now, uh, where we have been walking through the entirety of the scriptures together, reading through it week by week, day by day, and then each week we come together and we kind of focus on one particular arena. Now, we are coming to the end. We're like four weeks, I think, away from the, the final climactic reality of Revelation, and we've been in the epistles now for the past couple of weeks and in particular, this morning, we're going to focus on one particular key element. So I'm going to buzz through actually a few different passages as I open up the reading of God's word this morning. So you can follow on the screen, um, hear the word of the Lord. First Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Ephesians 5, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And lastly, Philippians 4, one of the more famous passages, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh, I saw a meme this week that said there's always something to be thankful for. If you can't pay your bills, you can be thankful you're not one of your own creditors. That's pretty clever, right? You can at least be, faith, be grateful the fact that like, hey, at least you're not the one that's going to be held out on financially. That's one of the positive ways. So we're talking about thankfulness this morning. Now, thankfulness is one of those things that like people think of it once not through the spirit. It's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a virtue, right? And it can be like, okay, I already know where this is going. I'm supposed to be more thankful, right? I'm supposed to be more grateful. All right, it's a good reminder, which is exactly what I'm going to do, by the way, is invite you by way of reminder into the beauty, the power, and the delight, and hopefully the very practical reality of what it means to become people who are gospel thankful, who are Christ-centered thankful. So this morning, you're going to repeat these words after me. Giving thanks makes us thankful. One more time. Giving thanks makes us thankful. Well, this morning we're going to look at that reality under three headings. That giving thanks makes us thankful. That gratitude makes us grateful. First, we're going to look at what is biblical gospel thankfulness. What, what is it exactly? And of course, by default, what is it not also? And also then next we're going to look at how does gratitude impact us, our thankfulness? How does it affect us? How does it impact us? And lastly, we're just going to go really practical and talk about practicing thankfulness in real life. Not some ethereal reality, but practicing thankfulness in real life. So let's just jump in. What is biblical 
gospel thankfulness. And of course, what is it not? As we read in 1 Thessalonians 5, give thanks in all circumstance, Paul says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. The foundation, the ground of all thankfulness is the reality that that we're grounding thankfulness in the gospel, in the fact that all is grace, that all has been given, that everything is gift already. And therefore, we get to experience our life, our breath, our very living as grace. That's the foundation. That's the basis. So thankfulness or gratitude is not just like, hey, the silver lining way of thinking about life. Hey, there's always a silver lining. You know, it's bad, but it's going to get better. It's not a Pollyanna outlook on life. Just be cheery. It's not glass half full. And it's certainly not the power of positive thinking. It won't do it. That's what you might be invited into. And there are studies, secular studies that have been done about like, if you're grateful, you will be healthier. And that's good news, right? I mean, that means if you, if you don't know Jesus at all and you're just more thankful that you will be healthier, you'll sleep better, you'll get better grades if you're a student. Did a teenage study and apparently had a major effect if they actually wrote down one thankfulness thing once a week, had a tangible effect on a sense of happiness. So, so God's built it into us as people, but the question is, thankful to who? Maybe thankful for what could be clear, but thankful to whom? And of course, biblical thankfulness points in a different direction. You see, at the heart of the fall, there was the absence of thankfulness. In the garden, at the root of original sin is ingratitude. Adam and Eve, we wanted more. Satan himself is an ingrate. So the opposite of thanks, thankfulness or of thanksgiving is complaining or grumbling. It's it's a, it's a gnawing spirit of discontent that leads to rebellion. And of course, Paul captures that about not just what happened in the garden, but all the subsequent reality for everyone after that. In Romans 1, when he says in verse 21, a humankind left to ourselves, verse 21, he says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. And then listen, or give thanks to him. Rebellion was not honoring God as God and not giving thanks to God. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And so it says that God gave them over to their hearts of thanklessness. And this is the reality today. So, so rejection of God is in the absence of thankfulness, but of course, the very opposite is true according to Psalm 23, that thankfulness honors the Lord. Listen to what the psalmist says. God says, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. Like, you, want, you want to know how you can glorify God today? Like bring him glory? He, he just told you. You, you thank me. You bring your offerings, your sacrifices of thanksgiving to me, and I will be honored. You can touch the heart of the God of the universe with your thanks. He receives them. He's opened himself to you in them. We're honoring him and glorifying him when we thank him because we're acknowledging that by him and through him and to him are all things. 
Which is why thankfulness is rooted in humility. It's a recognition, I don't have it, but he does. But we don't think we have to talk about thankfulness. It's not natural. We must be taught thankfulness. So those of you with kids, those of you who, well, maybe have older kids now or, or will have children one day, your kids must be taught thankfulness. They don't just pop out of the womb and go like, oh, thanks, mom. This pizza is terrific. And three nights in a row. Just kidding. But that there's, there's just not a natural sense of thankfulness, right? You, you have to train them. You have to teach them. And you say, we have to learn it. It has to be embedded into us because it does not come naturally. Not only do we have to learn it, but we must, it must be practiced. Thankfulness must be practiced. In the Old Testament, God gave this free will offering. If you look in Leviticus chapter 7, which was, you know, back somewhere in the fall. And we had, remember, all the different sacrifices that we walked through and talked through and guilt offerings and sin offerings. But there's this free will offering, which means it's free will. You don't have to do it, but you have the opportunity to do it. Where, where God says you're going to be able to come and you're going to offer this sacrifice. And, and then and you look at kind of Jewish play out of what this looked like. It was like 40 loaves that you would bring. And about five of those would go to the priests. And then, and then you, had this, you had this lamb, like 100 pounds worth of meat. And that got put on the altar as an offering of thanksgiving. A portion went to the, uh, to, the, um, to the priest. And then the rest of it was for you to just be grateful and thanking the Lord. And, of course, it's way too much food. So by default, it involved you drawing a bunch of your friends and community and people around to come and celebrate the reality that you're thankful to the Lord for who he is, for what he's done, what he's doing. So it was practice. It was built into the system of relating to God from the very beginning. He says, this is what I long for for you to do, to recognize me as such and to come and say, I want to celebrate, to be grateful for who you are. Thankfulness is not a benevolent feeling. It's an action. It's a thing that we do, a thing that we do on purpose. Now, I, notice what it says in the verse, right? It doesn't say, it's not feel thankful. It doesn't say, hey, listen, I don't care what you're going on. Feel thankful. No, it says, give thanks. Giving thanks or with thanksgiving. And here's, here's a key component. It is giving thanks that makes us thankful by the power of the Spirit. It is the giving of thanks that makes us thankful Feeling thankful is not a prerequisite to thankfulness, which is good news, right? You don't have to feel thankful to be thankful. It's a virtue. It's a heart attitude that's born out of a practice, which is why we get to move towards it and into it. The good news is that it's, it's not a feeling. It's something we get to practice and move into, and that's why Paul's able to say wild things like he does in 1 Thessalonians 5, that it's comprehensive, not circumstantial. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. All of them. None excluded. Ephesians 5, give thanks. In case you didn't know what all circumstances meant, Paul comes in a different letter and says, give thanks, giving thanks always and for everything. So every moment and for all things, nothing excluded. 
God, I do now. Listen, be, let's be really clear. We talked about lamentation or lamenting a few months back. Like, this doesn't mean that you always have to be hunky dory or happy. Doesn't mean this is, these are disconnected. There is a time and there is a place for lament. It's fitting and right. Paul's very clear here, and God's inviting us towards a reality that you can be thankful at all times and in all circumstances, always. Listen to C.S. Lewis. He says, we ought to give thanks for all fortune. If it is good, because it is good. If bad, because it works in us patience and humility, contempt for the world and a hope for our eternal country. Give thanks in all circumstances. And there's the rub, right? When the sun's out, and the band's playing on the side, and wind is blowing in your hair, thank you, Lord. It's easy, right? It's present. It's like, oh, look, what, a, what a beautiful day, what a beautiful life, what a beautiful paycheck, what a beautiful bonus, what a beautiful car, what a beautiful thing that's just come this way. Thank you, Lord. We, we see him and we acknowledge him. That, that's, that's, that makes sense. But all circumstance doesn't only include those moments. When our circumstances are not conducive to thanksgiving, we're still called and invited to be thankful. So when loneliness or when illness or, or disappointments or depression or failure, chaos in our lives, pandemics, relational strife, when our finances are a mess, there's fractures in our relationships, in our life, and are in our family. Faithfulness has to matter here if it's going, I'm sorry, thankfulness has to matter here if it's going to matter at all. Because everyone, with or without God, will be thankful when everything is going well. The distinguishing feature of the child of God is, is found in the preeminently when the wheels fall off, when the car starts sliding and flipping over into the ditch upside down. What then? And then people want to know if we're going to be thankful, to give thanks in all circumstances. In these kinds of crushing circumstances of life, we're not only called, but listen, we are enabled to respond in a way that distinguishes us from thanklessness and from bitterness. Enabled by the Spirit of God through our tears in the midst of the reality of our pain to declare our thanks. Paul is not setting a bar. God's not setting a bar to show you just how much you can't live up to it. He's inviting you into a reality that is possible through the Spirit for your good. Because giving thanks makes us thankful. And so we find ourselves in the midst of difficult circumstances and we pray, Father, thank you. Thank you that for the way that this trial, this pain, this loss is going to reveal areas of demandingness in my own life, of presumption, maybe of idolatry. Lord, I don't know about this. I don't like it. I certainly wouldn't choose this, but I thank you because I know that somehow you are doing something in this, even though I can't see it. And even though I may not fully understand it in this lifetime, I thank you that this is somehow for me, for my good. 
Lord, I thank you for these difficulties, these unmet desires, knowing that they are an invitation to know you more, to somehow trust you more fully, to love you more deeply. And so I thank you for them, even though I wish I could be out from them. You see, we can give thanks in all circumstances, including the bad ones, including the difficult ones. And we can do this because our thankfulness is not wishful thought into the universe, but it is, as the passage says, to God. Ephesians 5 says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is pivotal. This, this is central, essential. The root, sorry, we root our thankfulness. We root our thankfulness in the Lord himself. Which is why it can be in all circumstances. Because He's unchanged. And so we can root our thankfulness in who God is, in God himself. John Piper, as only John Piper can say, clarifies the reality of the magnitude of what this can look like. Every John Piper quote starts with, God is not glorified. So we'll just go with that. God is not glorified if the foundation of our gratitude is the worth of the gift and not the excellency of the giver. If gratitude is not rooted in the beauty of God before the gift, it is probably disguised idolatry. May God grant us a heart of delight in him for who he is so that all our gratitude for his gifts will be an echo of our joy in the excellencies of the giver. See what Piper's pointing out here is that gratitude that honors God is, is, is first this delight in not the benefits of God, but in who God is. The benefits are part of it, absolutely. And we will and must give thanks to him for them. But true gratitude is rooted in something else, something that comes first, namely a delight, as he said, in the beauty and excellencies of God's very character. So that's, that's where it's rooted, right? That's where it's grounded. And that's how, we can, that's how we can give thanks at all times. And that's what thankfulness is. It's gratitude to God. So how does gratitude impact us? What happens when we're grateful? As I said, giving thanks is what makes us grateful. It can't be a feeling of thankfulness because if your life is in the toilet, you don't feel thankful, right? Right? And God's not interested in you pretending. You know, like on Christmas morning when your aunt gave you that sweatshirt that you didn't really want, but she's sitting across, the, you know, on the sofa and you're like, thanks, Aunt Mary. He didn't want that. He's not interested in that. So he's not asking you to fake your thankfulness. What he's inviting you to do is to enter and move towards him and the reality of who he is with gratitude towards who he is is in the midst of your circumstances, sometimes with the blessings. So how does gratitude impact us? Because it does. It, well, first of all, it reorients us towards God. I think this is probably paramount, right? Gratitude impacts us by reorienting us towards God. We just said if gratitude is to God, then it by default reorients us to God. 
me give you an illustration of this. Uh, some of you guys know, we're, Becky and I are in the process of, of building a house. And I use the word process literally because uh, we started last September um, and the neighborhood has not progressed a whole lot. So we are hoping, hoping not in it, but in the Lord, that somehow it might be ready sometime, you know, in 2021. That's where we're kind of at. But just a couple of weeks ago, it's actually about actually 10 days ago, we went by to see kind of the progress. And we'd had an inspection that we failed four weeks before that. And we got there and nothing had changed. No movement. And we, right now we're living with my folks and these guys have been awesome and mom cooks for us and stuff. It's great. But, but like we want our own space. All right, we, we want our own home. We love to have people over. Like we want our own space so bad. And so we come in, we look around like, oh wow, still nothing. And I'm like, we both were like, just like despairing. Like this is, and again, these are not terrible problems. I understand, but like we've been waiting and it's like, okay, so basically we're now just added 30 more days to when we'll be able to move in. And it's just, we ached. And we both started start moving into complaint and grumbling, and I was particularly grumbly of just, you know, why everyone's fault, and I'm a blamer, so I just found all the blaming people, and they got it, I tell you what. And um, I just felt, started getting more and more miserable, you know, because turns out that doesn't work. Um, and so by the grace of God, and partly because of the example of Becky over the years, you know, I found myself, I said, hey, Beck, let's, let's just sit down on the stairs that will maybe one day have carpet. Let's just sit down on the stairs. <laughs> Sorry, I see you couldn't help it. Um, and I said, let's sit down and let's, let's, just, let's just pray. Let's, let's see if we can reorient our hearts to God a little bit. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the struggle bus, bad. Um, and so we sat there and we started praying and we started thanking God about the fact that we have something to look forward to in this home. And, and then we found ourselves praying like through each room as about what's going, what we anticipate God being able to do in each one of these rooms and with the people that we love and, and the people that we're gonna invite in and with our neighbors and start praying for our neighbors and, and just thanking him for the, for the new day that's emerging for us in this time. And, and for the fact that, and just thankfulness just started rolling out. And I can't tell you about 20 minutes later, we stand up from those wooden stairs and we find ourselves light. It reoriented us away from the struggle of the circumstances. Nothing changed. They didn't come in and work on it while we prayed. That would have been cool though, right? But that didn't happen. You know, we didn't pray that. Maybe that's what it was, lack of faith. Anyway, but nothing happened there. That's okay, that's okay. But, but we became different because our orientation shifted. Thankfulness reorients our heart towards God and some of what it reorients our heart toward God in is God's sovereignty helps us bring our will into submission with his will. In the midst of even pain and loss, disappointment, and frustration, as I said, Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm going to thank you. I'm going to trust you in this. You, you know what's best. You, you are sovereign. You are working out your perfect purposes in the world and in my world. And so, Lord... Like you're sovereign, I trust you. Keeps my focus on him rather than on my circumstances. Not that it will change my circumstances, as I said, but it will change my attitude towards my circumstances. And that's exactly what happened. So it reorients us towards God as sovereign, but also as the giver of all the gifts 
He's the giver of all the gifts. James 1, I love this verse. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Continually thanking him keeps us, keeps us aware of our dependence that everything is gift and that every gift that is good, that is perfect, is coming from him. It reunites us towards God, thirdly, as, as the one who is with me in all circumstances. It's relationality amidst the uncertainty or the fear or the blessing. It's thankfulness moves me into a conversation with the one who is in the midst of all the things, the good and the not so good. It's saying thank you because thanks are the fitting reality to a relationship of one who is the giver of all good things. So it reorients us towards God. But more than that, it also it fights, it fights anxiety. Do you, you worry? Are you a worrier? Paul's pretty clear here. If you want to produce peace in your life, thanksgiving is at the center. Again, Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything. So, so don't be anxious about anything. Just stop it, all right? <clears throat> but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Fill your prayers, fill your asking with thanksgiving and make those known to God. And what happens? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It doesn't even make sense. It's so supernatural. It will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. A God orientation in prayer and in praise with thanksgiving produces, it results in peace. If you want to know peace, practice thanksgiving. Matt Chandler, a pastor, talks about how thanksgiving and anxiety can't occupy the same space. He says, thanksgiving is worry's kryptonite. You can't worry if you're giving thanks. They can't stay in the same room together. So if you're this morning just in a place where you're bouncing from one area of anxiety to another, if you're not sleeping, if you're, I invite you into a rhythm, into the faith of thankfulness, of gratitude, that you may find peace. How else does it affect us? Well, it undermines the thieves of joy, which are comparison, jealousy, envy, greed, materialism, and a couple others. Thieves of joy are, you've got something I don't, you have someone I don't. If I just had a little bit more, things would be better. Thankfulness, well, it basically just takes that out at the knees. Listen to what Professor Ronald uh, Rollheiser says. He says, so much of our unhappiness comes from comparing our lives, our friendships, our loves, our commitments to some idealized and non-Christian vision of things which falsely assure us that there is a heaven on earth. When this happens, and it does, our tensions begin to drive us mad, in this case, to a cancerous restlessness. True restfulness, though, is a form of awareness, a way of being in your life. It is, listen, it is living 
ordinary life with a sense of ease, gratitude, appreciation, peace, and prayer. We are restful when ordinary life is enough. Thankfulness invites us to say, as I'm saying, Lord, thank you. You've been so gracious and kind. You've, you've provided this and you, you've been this to me and for me. And I still, maybe you're not married. You're like, I still feel lonely. I still, I don't want to be single, Lord. I would like to find a spouse and, and you've not brought that to me. And I believe you're sovereign, but I'm still wishing it was different. And so when, a, you know, your friend gets finally engaged and married and you have to be at her wedding and, and it aches and hurts and the invitation is thankfulness. Say, Lord, I don't know exactly what you're doing here. As you're thankful, you won't be envious. Actually, what will happen, and this is actually a real mark of thankfulness, is that you'll start being happy and grateful for her or for him. You'll be free from these things and you'll be loving by being grateful for them. What else does thankfulness do? Well, it orients us towards, as I just said, an increased, an orientation towards increased vertical gratitude. As I'm more and more grateful towards God, it makes me increasingly grateful horizontally towards one another. Like, you show me a thankful person, I will show you an encouraging person. Do you have people in your life that are just, they're just thankful people? Not like fake phony, I'm talking about like, like just genuinely thankful. They seem to have a thankful gratitude on their lips about things. Well, those people are also probably some of the most encouraging people in your life because they go together. Thankfulness to God breeds encouragement to others. It, it's a, because it's a mindset, it's eyes, it's looking, going like the Lord is on the move. He's doing things and he's good. And by the way, you seem to be on the move and you seem to be doing and moving towards what is good. And so I can declare it to you. I'll just be encouraging to you. It's just thankfulness in this direction. Hey, I just, I've seen this in you. I just, I'm thankful to God for who you are. Lastly, thankfulness reframes our own life story as a narrative of gratitude. Amidst the glaring imperfections, amidst the unwanted pains, the, the disappointments, even our own failures. But, but thankfulness, it reframes our story into a narrative of gratitude. As you look back, if I was to sit down with you and be like, hey, the next 30 minutes and just kind of tell me your story. What would emerge? Would it, would, it, would it be a bunch of different places in which like you just got the raw end of a deal and your dad was not this and your mom, she kept always, and your older sister and, and then this teacher, she wouldn't even, and I was going to try to go to here, but this didn't work out. And so I don't know what happened and I ended up or has the narrative been infused with gratitude, with thankfulness? And so even the things that's like, yeah, that was super disappointing and hard, but you know what? The Lord was on the move and he was doing something here. I, I, I know enough of you to know y'all have, have some messes in your background, some of your own making, some of other people's making. And, and the way in which you tell your story tells the Lord and tells each other about what kind of heart of gratitude you have, how you're seeing what the Lord has brought to you, his sovereign grace towards you as gift and to which you have responded with thankfulness. So I want to do a quick exercise. You're going to have to actually work for a minute here. <clears throat> um, we're going to do a live practice. I'm going to ask you to, to think about three things. You're going to close your eyes because otherwise you'll be super distracted. So go ahead and close your eyes. 
I want you to just think of one thing in your life story that you're thankful for. Just one thing. What's one thing in your life story that you're thankful for? Just bring that in the forefront of your mind. Ask the Spirit. I go ahead and put that guy in, in a box. I want you to think of one blessing this past week that you're grateful to God for. What's one blessing, one gift from God this past week that you're grateful for? All right, now we're going to do some heavy lifting. Let's put that one in a box. I want you to think of just one current difficulty, one current pain or struggle that you want to be grateful for. Father, I just want to take a second and pray for everyone and for all the things that came up in our hearts and minds. Spirit of God, I know you probably brought some very particular things in people's minds. Some of these are easy and some of them are hard. But I want to ask, Lord, that, uh, that you would fill us with the spirit of thankfulness. That in the, the blessing that we would thank you with open and easy hearts and with our story, Lord, that we would be able to be grateful looking back at the faithfulness of your hand and to bring praise and glory and honor to you. And Lord, the current circumstance, Lord, we want to ask that you would teach us to be thankful in all circumstances and to know how to be thankful here to you. I ask that by the power of your spirit. Amen. One of the things that I encourage you after church is... Uh, you can ask each other, hey, what was, what was one of the things that came up? It's one of the ways in which you can commune with the Lord together or maybe in your community group. This is some of what it looks like to practice thankfulness. So real briefly, lastly, what does practicing thankfulness in your real life look like? Well, thankfulness is practice, right? It's a virtue that can grow, it can grow in you. So here's a few things. First, take a pen to your thankfulness. Write it out. There are, there are actual apps, grateful, gratitude apps that you can get because you know there's an app for everything. But maybe you have a journal. Write it down. Like tons of studies about what happens when you write stuff down. And be specific. Not, all right, right now, it's not thank you for Becky, which is for me is a simple prayer, but that's not specific. But thank you for how Becky has helped me become the kind of man who will pray in a moment like that. Thank you, Lord, that you've taught Becky to pray. You've made her a praying woman who is now teaching me to learn to pray. So be specific in the ways in which you want to be grateful. Slow down. Quiet down. Weave thankfulness into your days and into your relationships. 
I read one thing that talked about trying to, to find one thing each day that you can be thankful for, which I know sounds super cliche, but just one thing. And then weave it into your relationships, into your rhythms. So whether it's over the dinner table, be like, hey, all right, what's, what's one thing this today? What's one thing, what's three things this week that, we want to be, that you're grateful for, that you're thankful for, that you've seen God in? Ask the hard question of what are you thankful for that you don't like right now? How are you working into that? How are you leaning into that? How's God meeting you in that? You might want to start, those of you who run meetings, you, you might want to work this with your team. Hey, let's just start our meeting with one thing that we're grateful for, that we're thankful for. Work that into the rhythm of your life. It's good for them, right? Studies say it's good for them, period. If they don't know Jesus, it doesn't matter. It's good for them. It weaves it into the, the relational and the fabric of your life. Um, this says, come to church. Hmm. One of the reasons why we gather together is that we are reoriented to God's heart, to the magnitude of what he's done for you. It's probably not super likely that you're on your drive down 400 or whatever your particular, you know, congested highway of choices, and that you're going like, I'm really grateful for the holiness of God. That's probably not what's going to roll over you. But when you come in here and we start seeing holy, 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 you know what happens? You go, he is, he is holy, he is other. And he's, he's saying he's made me holy. Now, it doesn't mean you can't have those thoughts in your car. If you listen to the right you know, music or the right podcast or, I don't know, sermon from John Piper or something, you probably could have that. You know, I don't know why I'm picking on John Piper. He's a good dude. Um, but... When you, when you come here, you naturally get reoriented for That's actually the, one of the most fundamental realities of why we show up on a Sunday morning, why we, we carve out the time is like, y'all, your hearts need to, to get reoriented. And, and we can labor at that during the week, but there's something that happens that reorients our minds and our heart towards the truest thing. And I need it, and I love you, but you need it. We need it regularly. Listen to Psalm, uh, Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. That's some of what we do, right? We, we sing these songs like, there's another in the fire, right? We're about to sing a hymn here in a minute. It's just an invitation of your heart to be able to be say like, thank you, Lord, yes. This is the truest thing about me. This is the truest thing about you. There's a, there's a couple of some great books out there on Thanksgiving. One of the most, the classics, of course, is uh, A Thousand Gifts by Ann Voskamp. She, she did a lot of work on that. You could take the Ann Voskamp challenge, if you'd like, and write a thousand of your own. Whoever, um, whoever gets there first gets like to come to communion early. It's like a special thing. We, we, do, we do prizes here. One of the ways in which you can increase your gratitude is by limiting the things that make you ungrateful. So some of you need to like, this is what's crazy, right? Like let's use Instagram, for example. Instagram or, or Pinterest, right? There are promises that if you're, I'm, not, I'm picking on social media because it must be picked on, right? It is a good, that can be really not good. So here's, here's what it is. Like when you're feeling down, when you just are sitting on the stairs of your unproductive, unmoving house, whatever that may look like in your life, what do you want? You want what everybody wants. You want 
relief, right? And what promises more relief than this guy? And all the things that could be that aren't at all, and actually mostly they're other people's things, their ideas, their creations, their family pictures, their... So, when you find yourself struggling, wanting relief, the invitation is to step into thankfulness, to, to gratitude to the Lord. And if you find yourself on, on Pinterest or Instagram or Facebook and you're like experiencing, you know, envy and <laughs> jealousy and anger, and you know, those things that come out in those contexts, um, it may be an invitation either to be grateful that you can, you know, get off of them or just to be grateful for what you're seeing in other people and for other people. That when the LinkedIn thing comes in, that Joe, who used to be working for you, now has a better job than you have, like you can be grateful for him instead of envious or jealous. There is no scarcity in God. The other thing too is just you know, be around and learn to be, be around and, and learn from thankful people. I have a couple of people in my life, like they're just a delight to be around. They're just thankful that it rolls off of them. Before we go to the table, I just want to remind you that, that, that this is a grace. It, it can grow, and, and the invitation is, as you are thankful, as you give thanks, you will become more thankful because the Spirit cooperates with it. We talked about that last week, last week with, the, with the, um, the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit cooperates with your participation in this virtue, and you know what happens? He does a work in you as you give thanks. So I don't know how else to say that, but like, give Paul a shot. I mean, get, trust, give God a shot. He says this is how it works. What if, what if we actually trusted him and, and tried it out? Maybe more. So for some of you, you're already like masters here. You, you move towards thankfulness first thing in the morning. You have great prayer journals. And like, but for many of us, it's really a struggle. It's a grace. So as you come for these elements, ask him. Ask him to give it to you. But this table, this meal, what we call communion, right, for centuries has been called Eucharist. Do you know what Eucharist means? you know what the Greek it means? Thanksgiving. This is a table of thanksgiving. It's a, it's a table where the only thing you could do when you approach it as it reminds you of the magnitude of the totality of the unbelievable, unimaginable gift of God in Christ Jesus, that his death, his resurrection changed everything for you. And so this table, this meal, it's coming forward and, and being like, yeah, I got nothing but thank you. This, the only response is thank you and please more of you. This is, a, this is a good news table that invites you to say thank you to it as you receive it because you must receive it. You don't take it, you receive it. The Lord wants to give this to you that you may live lives of thankfulness to him. And loved ones, that will be satisfying and alive in ways that no amount of anything else will. Let's pray. Father, thank you. There are countless reasons for us to be thankful. But right now we wanna just take a moment and, uh, and acknowledge that above all things, above all gifts 
as the Father who gives good gifts in the name of Jesus, that you gave us your Son, that you came for us. And now we have eternal life in Christ. We have the life of Christ in us. We have the hope of glory. We have your spirit dwelling in us. Lord, we, we have so much to be thankful for. And so all this was made possible because you, on the night that you were betrayed, you took bread and you gave thanks. In the midst of the anticipation of your betrayal and death, you gave thanks to the Father. And you said, this is what it looks like. Come forward and give thanks for what I'm going to do for you. So Christ Jesus, we glorify you in these elements. This, your body broken, your blood shed for us, we thank you. We thank you. There are no words to make enough thanks, but we thank you. So help us to receive these elements. Help us to, to become more and more deeply ingrained in the beauty and power of what it means to live a life of gratitude before you for all your many blessings. We receive them in your name and for your glory. All by its people said, amen. If you belong to Jesus, this is your meal, a meal of thanksgiving. So come and receive the body and blood of Christ for you.